This week's episode of the Foot and Crease Podcast is sponsored by LaRoe Specialty Foods and Fine Italian Bakery. They are located at 327 Bronte Street South in Milton, Ontario. You can visit their website at LaRoseBakery.com and check out their Instagram page at LaRoseMilton. Welcome to episode 19 of the Foot in the Crease podcast. My name is Angela Lippa, joined as always by Michael Chikin and Taylor Prestige. Boys, uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we've seen each other. Uh, you guys went to the uh, Heritage Classic. Uh, how did that go? How, uh, how was the game? I know the game didn't go as you probably planned with the Leafs winning, but I'm sure it was still a cool experience to kind of get involved in and be a part of, especially a game like that in Hamilton. Uh, I'll start with Mikey because I know how much he loves outdoor games. <laughs> Shit. Uh, Angelo, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> Good, man. Uh, the the outdoor game was a lot of fun. Um, the actual play itself is a bit foggy in my mind, but uh, I've got a solid recolle- recollection of darts in the concourse and uh, quite a few pints going down. So it was a great time, a lot of fun. Great to be back out and about. So Good stuff, man. Yeah, Taylor, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I was just thinking about how it was like the perfect day minus Peter Morazic kind of ruining it for us. <laughs> I do remember at one point Michael just kind of, you know, openly yelling to whoever wanted to listen, I never want to see him in a Leaf uniform again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Morazic, the Czech wonder kid. Yeah, he kind of fucking wrecked it a little bit for us. But electric atmosphere, man. Like, just uh, as Mikey said, great to be out and about, uh, you know. And it, it had a feel – like, it didn't feel like a Leaf game at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It felt like going to a CFL game, like, yeah. legit. Uh, it was cool. And, I mean, to build off Mikey's point, maybe that was because, you know, the MLSC security wasn't used to – they're used to dealing with fucking losers in suits. And here they are barking at guys to quit – smoking darts in the stands you know <laughs> in the middle of the game <laughs> shout, like, out, shout out to uh shout out to cameron working security there uh <laughs> <laughs> he had to try to put out quite a few butts but yeah uh, i i said to the one buddy there i was like man you're in the hammer buddy he's like i know but you know guys aren't respecting this and that and all about like, you can literally if you look that way you can see the smokestacks, buddy. <laughs> it was great. And for our listeners who don't know or are new to the podcast, uh, Angel, Michael, and I, you know, forged our friendship in the hammer. We we're all Mohawk journalism students, and uh, you know, we've had some some pretty like gritty nights out and about in the city, you know. So it felt good to kind of tap into our roots there a little bit. Anyway, uh, it was a good experience. Angelo, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing great, man. I've been uh, kind of like you guys a little bit on a hockey adventure the last uh, couple of weekends. I went out to Gatineau to watch uh, the Gatineau Olympic and uh, the Oceanic, the Ramuski Oceanic. Um, the first female, the first female to play in the queue in I, at least you know twenty one years, whatever it was. Uh, Eve Gascon was is a cool experience because you know what it was sold out crowd the first one they've had uh, apparently at the arena ever, the brand new one they built and uh, there are a lot of like you know 
moms and dads there with their little girls, like, you know, watching the game. And it kind of, like, it was like a special moment, like, to be a part of. And it was a good hockey game to watch. So I was glad I, you know, made the trip out to Gatineau. It's only an hour and a half from where I am here. And then uh, this past weekend was a trip that we, that I plan every year with a bunch of buddies uh, back from Toronto, where we go and watch a Habs and Leafs game. And usually the games are, are snorefests. But uh, this one was more of an interesting one. It was really the first time uh, the Bell Center had been at full capacity for uh, Habs and Leafs game since February of 2020. And I tell you, it was, I didn't care. Like it was like halfway through the second period and just kind of being in the building, the atmosphere, a lot of Leaf fans there. And it was just like, it was just cool to kind of be back, like be with other people, having fun, you know, watching hockey, uh, you know, the Go Leafs Go Chant, the Go Habs Go Chants. It was amazing. I was, you know, kind of glad to be there and, you know, glad to have experienced that. And uh, hopefully, you know, it stays like that and, you know, we don't go back to the way it was. But, um, yeah, it's been a hockey uh, adventure for me the last uh, couple of weeks. Holy Christ, man. Yeah, man. You made you forget for a second how shit your team was. I, well, yeah, I know. That's why. And it was like – it was just like – I didn't care. I said it to one of the guys that we were, uh, I was on the trip with. I said, I go, I don't care if they win this hot. It was like middle of the second or what I said, I don't care if they win or lose. I go, I'm just happy to be back. And like, you could just feel the energy, the excitement and every, you know, everybody was just pumped to be there. And it was, uh, it was a good time. I know a lot of Leaf fans didn't leave happy, but um, you know, that does happen sometimes when the Leafs play the Canadians. It was buzzing just like yeah. the donut box down <laughs> on Ottawa street. Man. <laughs> Well, uh, you know what? We will kick this podcast off before we get into the trade deadline stuff uh, with our Bardown Insider, Christian Marin, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, sort of a, a Jekyll and Hyde team uh, right now. You know, uh, since, well, basically since that uh, uh, Heritage Classic when they did lose to Buffalo 5-2, to two, they've kind of, you know, they've dominated and then they've looked like, you know, when they played Montreal on Saturday, like, is this going to be the same old Leafs heading into the playoffs? And then they go and play Florida the next night and beat them and pretty convincingly. And then uh, two nights later, last night, uh, Tuesday night, they played the Bruins and uh, handled the Bruins pretty, pretty easily. And, you know, this, this team is, is a strange team because it's it, for me watching from the outside, I, I really can't get a grasp on the type of team they are. Are they going to be this team come the playoff time? That's going to be able to be a little gritty or, Will they be just like the same old Leafs that we saw last year that kind of, you know, after game four, they just couldn't get a handle back on the series. Uh, Taylor, I'll start with you, buddy. Uh, what do you think with this Leafs team? What's, you know, the direction they're heading? You know, we're in the home stretch now, of the play, uh, heading towards the playoffs. Uh, what do you think of this Leafs team, like now that it's kind of assembled as the way it is? I I, I love the moves that mm -hmm. – uh, that Dubas did, I mean, essentially move, right? The Giordano move and Blackwell's turning into a tight little player um, mm -hmm. that I wasn't really expecting. I didn't know much about him before he came over. Um, and nice for them to give Dermot a chance in Vancouver, um, shipping him out that way. Uh, Dermot's almost like the Jake Gardner 2.0 in my view. Not not as hyped as Jake Gardner was and not not the ceiling Jake Gardner had. Um, there was many nights that, like, I still remember one game in particular in Buffalo, Jake Gardner was the best player on the ice uh, for both teams. Yeah. So Dermot wasn't quite that <laughs> level, but 
nice to see him get a chance and he's going to get some reps like playing, you know, second pair of minutes in Vancouver, which is great. But yeah, I mean, the Leafs, Giordano already we're seeing it with Lilligren. Um, he's made Lilligren look unbelievable. Um, and Lilligren's had like, you know, I know how much Mikey loves uh, possession numbers and whatnot. Uh, Corsi stats and Fenwick and all that good stuff. But Lilligren's numbers have been good this year and they're like off the charts now next to Giordano. Uh, I think at some point here we'll see Giordano lined up next to Brody, but I wonder if they're waiting for Muzzin to come back. I'm not really sure where they go from here, but either way, it looks like Mrazek, who got hurt last night against the Bruins, um, we're recording this on Wednesday, um, Mrazek looks like he might be out for a bit. He's kind of turned the corner, but we all know Jack Campbell. Like They, they bet on their horses, and I, I – I myself was content for that they didn't get a goalie because goalies are such a crapshoot, man. So all the way around, I think uh, I like where the team's headed. Nice to see Johnny T picking his game up a little bit. Uh, would be nice to see Nylander kind of do the same. I'm wondering if it's time to put them back together. Um, all the way around, I'm, I, I feel good is where I would say. And, and I was saying this last night uh, to anyone who would listen – I actually really want, and I wasn't saying this after they went up 6-2 or 3 or whatever it was, but I really would love to see them face the Bruins in the first round. Either way, they're going to have a tough matchup. It's going to be Florida, Tampa, Carolina, or Boston. Like, all the way around, it's going to be tough. Be kind of nice if it's the Bruins, because I think this is the least year to exercise the demons. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I stand. Mikey? Uh, I don't want to see Boston in the in the first round. I think there's the pessimist Chakeen coming in. No, no, but listen, I think there's just something about Boston in the first round and that that building in Boston. I think if Toronto can get by the first round and play Boston in the second round, let's say after they've won a series, I think then it's a different story. But I think there's something about Boston in the first round that still scares the shit out of me. I do think the team since the Giordano trade, so literally the game after the outdoor game, they've looked a lot better, especially defensively. And, like, he's he's brought something for sure into the dressing room uh, and on the ice. And I think even the game in Montreal, like, they lost, but they were the better team. Like, the shots were, what, 51 to 18, I yeah. think. And, it like, in the third period, Montreal had three shots. And that was a fucking tripping penalty on Matthews all <laughs> fucking day. I don't get how that's not a penalty, but it looked like that from the three hundred. That's a penalty all day. And I'm pretty sure the the next night against Florida, Toronto got a penalty and I can't remember who was that took the penalty, but it was the exact same play. Mm-hmm. And Toronto got a, a a tripping penalty on the play. So I think Toronto played well that night. It was just that's hockey sometimes. Yeah. Jake Allen looked like Carey Price from six years ago and Toronto couldn't buy one, mm-hmm. but um, no, they've looked good. I'm worried about, is there any update on the injuries from last night on, on the two defensemen or. I don't know, man. Labushkin's the one I was most stressed about because it looked, I'm not going to lie. I thought he was kind of selling it because he kind of, it was a bit of a dirty hit on Hall and then Hall came back and whacked him. But it didn't look like a crazy hard hit. So I hope, you know, a guy who plays that tough, usually it takes quite a bit to, to take him down. But 
he's been a shining light, man. Like, I, I mean, we glossed him over uh, talking about Giordano because the Bushkin trade was like the week before. But, man, oh, man, what a player he is, eh? Yeah, I, I just hope, like you said, and kind of get off topic, but not really. Like, do you think that should have been a suspension? Did you, did you see the play, Angelo? No, I didn't see the play. Okay, well, Labushkin hit Taylor Hall last night, and yeah. kind of it. You could see why Hall was pissed off, mm-hmm. and he got up and and sucker punched Labushkin from behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it didn't. It didn't look that bad of a of a play. Even when I first mm-hmm. saw it, I said he can't be that hurt. But when they're helping him off the ice and he wasn't even moving his legs, mm-hmm. like he was just kind of gliding, like something like that, it can catch you in a weird position. Yeah, it can concuss you, right? And uh, but- and it, it really should be a block. You know, it's a block. It's not like he's anticipating. It's not like they're in, engaged in something. And Hall just kind of went to, to yeah, show. Yeah, like, like he, if he's punching, if he's like straight punching him, and he's kind of his back turned. He know. caught him at the side of the head, and yeah. I he ended up getting a five thousand dollar fine. I think it should have been, at least a game. Like, yeah. because let's say Labushkin gets knocked out cold, he doesn't move. Mm-hmm. Then what? Th- then you'll give Hall. Two, three games. This, you know what I mean. The issue with injuries and like the way everything works in the NHL is like everything's based off of the end result rather than the action, and I think that creates an inconsistency. I think anytime you strike an opponent to the head and they don't expect it, and they're yeah. not, you know what I mean, like a blind shot to the head, like man, a slew foot, you know. Garners more, uh, you know, garners more of a negative impact in terms of uh, outcome than a blind punch to the head. Sometimes you don't even get a penalty for that. Whereas a slew foot every time, it's a penalty. I think it's a five minute. So to me, I don't know, like they, all the way around officiating, like Dubis said, like he's really happy with the officiating. They had the GM meeting. I think all the way around the league, uh, I'd love to see a little bit more consistency in, in terms of what we're seeing out there, what's getting called and what's not. Yeah. You guys, you guys were mentioning about uh, playoff matchups and, you know, it was a big conversation this weekend with the guys that I was with. Is there a, I know Taylor said like, I'm okay with going to play Boston and Mike, obviously you're not too comfortable having to play Boston, at least in the first round. Uh, is there a series that, you know, you guys, like when you look at the teams currently, you know, do you, do, would you prefer to play Tampa? Would you prefer maybe to play Carolina if you guys drop down to the wild card or, you know, maybe even uh, take on Florida if the, if that was, you know, if that ended up happening. I want some... Montreal again, Angelo. Wow, hey, that's not going to happen, man. We're in, the dra- <laughs> we're, we're in a different type of playoff. It's called the draft lottery, and we hope we win it, but that probably won't happen. So um, is, there, is there a team you guys would rather play in the first round? Like, you know, or maybe a matchup that you think that maybe favors, you know, the least maybe even getting out of the first round, even if, you know, they might be a little bit of an underdog. For me, um, I'm comfortable with any of those teams. The only reason why Tampa Bay would scare me the most, mm-hmm. it's not because of the back-to-back cups. It's the goaltending. Mm-hmm. Because that's a series I feel like Toronto can play fantastic in, fire off 35, 40 shots a game, and Vasilevsky just stands on his head. Mm-hmm. And Toronto's goaltending, as good as Campbell's been, it's just I don't have the faith on any of their goalies to steal two to three games like Vasilevsky, I think would for Tampa. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. only thing that concerns me, but 
every not series he'll steal two or three games. Mm-hmm. But, but but like going through the lineup top to bottom, uh, none of those teams really worry me that much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'd almost welcome it. It's just Vasilevsky with Tampa. But Florida and, and Carolina, like I'm not that scared of, to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah, that game Toronto had against Florida, they they didn't – it certainly didn't look like one team was well ahead of the other in the standings like, yeah. it, like it played out. Um, yeah. Florida has a lot of firepower. Mm-hmm. Um, but, if, but if they want to play run and gun like that, I'll go toe-to-toe. Like Toronto can go toe-to-toe yeah. if they want to run and gun. The only thing with Florida is they – I feel like the Panthers and the Leafs have a lot of similarities, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even with goaltending. Like I know Bobrovsky has been really good, but there's question marks there. And Spencer Knight's been garbage, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't know. But then again, like the Leafs, like, look at what happened against the Blue Jackets in the bubble, right? Like in the play-in, you know, uh, they fucking Corpusalo looked like the second coming of 1986 Patrick Waugh, you know, like it was. Uh, anything can happen in the playoffs, but I stand with you there, Mikey. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm open to just about any matchup other than Tampa. Yeah. Uh, you know, looking looking at it too from like the outside, just like I watched the Panthers play Montreal last night, and Florida was up four to one, and Bobrovsky wasn't net, and the Florida kind of not not really falling asleep, but Bobrovsky falling asleep, and you know Montreal potted three goals in in a matter of you know seven eight minutes, and Montreal's offense isn't as potent as Toronto's is. They have you know you have Matthews and Marner and Tavares, and you know this goes on and on. And, you know, if I'm looking at it from the, from the outside perspective, you know, I don't trust Bobrovsky. He's never done it. He's, he's, you know, he's had a lot of playoff failure. There's not a lot of success that's followed him. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him this year because they've gone out and got all these pieces, but, you know, can Florida play a defensive? Yeah. They're, you know, they're scoring four goals a game, but can they play defense? We saw, you know, like, you know, you mentioned about in the bubble with Columbus, that same Columbus team the year before played that high-powered Tampa team. And other than the first period, Tampa was down the entire series. So, you know, the Leafs are – I think the Leafs are capable, especially with the moves they made. Like, the Giordano deal is a really good deal for them. Like, you've gotten a presence on the back end. You you, know, you got a guy who can who knows how to kind of win. You know, he's a veteran. And, you know, if you get Muzzin back, I think that's, like, just a big bonus for the Leafs and, you know, can get them a series win. I, I, if they play Florida, like I believe that the Leafs can beat Florida, and I, I know they can beat Boston. They're a better team than Boston. Yeah, they are. So, like these, are the I don't like Boston very much. Like, no, I, I don't think Boston is much of a team anymore, man. Like, even though they went and added Lindholm, who I really like on the back end, mm-hmm. something's weird about them. Maybe it's the goaltending. It's the same team. Swayman. Right? It's Swayman. It, 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 you know, it's the same team it was really last year. You know, when they went into the playoffs, they, they still have Taylor Hall. The only difference is David Krejci's not there. He's kind of got replaced by, I think, Charlie Coyle or whoever it might be on their – Eric Halla. Yeah, like it's it's not the usual, you know, yeah, okay, fine. You still have that, you know, first line of Marchand, Bergeron, and, you know, Pasternak. But I think the Leafs could even play with the Bruins. I, I don't think it's so – like I know Mike is – Mikey's worried about – having to play the Bruins and dealing with TD garden and, you know, everything that's happened with the Leafs in Boston, but their team, the Montreal, uh, sorry, Toronto can beat them. I, 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 
I've seen them. Like they, they should have won on Saturday, but didn't. They could easily have what strung together five wins in a row against some, you know, you know. Well, no, they beat them. Toronto. They're Toronto beat. No, Toronto no, but I'm saying Montreal should have shouldn't have won. On oh Saturday. yeah, they yeah. had no business winning that hockey game. The Bruins are weird, eh? Like I, I such a change in culture. Mm-hmm. I didn't think losing, you know, in order Chara, Rask, and Krejci mm-hmm. would have the impact it does those guys were really the heart and soul of that team. Um, You know, they still have that big three up front, but Bergeron's not getting any younger. Uh, Pasternak's still a beast. I was going to say Pasternak still scares the shit out of me. And Marshawn too. But that's just one line, man. Um, And even though McAvoy and Lindholm are good, like I, I want to, I want to see them in the first round, Mike. I know you don't, I know you've got the, I'll take second round. I just don't want it in the first round. (laughs) Nah, they're gonna. You know, it's gonna happen, man. They're gonna be in the first round against each other. Honestly, I'll, I'll be. I'll look forward to Bunting trying to out Marshawn. <laughs> Marshawn, though, that series. Marshawn's gonna do something stupid. Like you can tell, those two teams do not like each other. Eh? Oh yeah. Well, they've played. So, they, they have played so much too, right? Against against one another, and it's not like it's like you know they've played one year and that's that's really it. They've played multiple times. The core of the Bruins. Even though you know Chara and Rask are gone, you know Marshawn and Bergeron were part of have been part of the Bruins for a long time, so they've been part of the success they've had. And I feel that just you know it's this you know pent up aggression for the Leafs because it's all they they hear about, and it would be all they hear they would hear about for you know you know seven games if they went that far with the Bruins. Like I, I you know if I'm the Leafs, I, if they man if they lose to the Bruins, they're uh... <laughs> Obser- observation though this like i've thought about this before i was talking about this with the guy today mm-hmm. Tavares, i find plays better once he once he's pissed off like there'll be such a stretch where it's like where is he is he even on the ice and as soon as someone does something that pisses him off you notice him after that he's got like a fire under his ass yeah you know what i mean like the bits, um, oh, but when he's weird pissed, though, like when he's pissed, the puck like it, it's like stuck to him, you know. Yeah, like, he when he's pissed off, he can outwork almost anyone, and it's like you need that you need him to be pissed off almost all the, all the time to get the best out of him. Yeah, so man, he, Mikey, maybe Bruins are the answer, Marshawn. Yeah, may, maybe not like maybe. Marshawn, you know. <laughs> no, Marshawn's such a fucking loser, man. Like, yeah, fuck. it's nice having a guy like Michael Bunting finally though who can be like uh, Bunting's not Marshawn skill wise but he's got that kind of rat fucking you know oh yeah big time it's so nice to see it's been years since the Leafs had a player like that where has some skill but also knows how to drive opponents nuts right yeah so well Kadri but I don't think Bunting would lose his cool like like Kadri used That's to, so. different though. Kadri was like, Kadri was unhinged, man. You were like, what's he going to do? Yeah. Right. He could never stay. He could, and you could never stay within the line Kadri. And we've seen it too. Like it happened last year and you know, it kind of hurt Colorado because you, you know, we've seen it, almost what every playoff he's been suspended over the last, what, four or five seasons. Yeah. You know, it's detrimental to the team, you know, especially, if it happens in a big series, like when it did, when it happened against the Bruins there, where, 
you know, who's basically out till the end of the series. Like that, that back I think. Back to back years he did it, Angelo. Yeah, like, you know, he's a guy I, I never know with Kadri. And, and someone's going to pay him this offseason a lot of money too because he's a free well, agent and, you know, who wouldn't want him to? Who, like some teams are going to be like, wow, look, he, he got 55, 60 points, 67 points, whatever it might be. Dude, he's on pace to have like a, a 90 points. This yeah, he's, yeah. Got, he's got way more than that. Yeah, Montreal. Lip no, plus? please Big no, please no. We we have Christian Dvorak. That's enough of a uh, enough of a center that's not going to do anything worth this. Dude, do they have any Paramount fine foods up in Montreal? Then no, but we have. What do you mean? Have... No, Angel Lippa. Kadri's got eighty-one points so far this season. Does he really? Yeah, he's got sixty-five. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, you know what? I don't want to look at Kadri. Sometimes he bothers me, but he's got eighty-one points already. Yeah. Dude, oh, he's having a hundred point, hundred oh, plus point man. season, Andrew. I didn't think he was up that. I thought he fell off a little bit, but I guess I was. He's he's second highest on my fantasy team in, <laughs> in fucking points, and I took him late. Yeah, late oh. round steal. Well, man. here we are. We uh, have been joined, a blessed, graced, if you will, coming off a root canal by our fresh off a a, a Rudy. He looks like. Uh, Looks like he's packing a couple fat lips in there, maybe. I don't know. Hard to tell. But uh, we're joined now by our TSM bar down Christian in, uh, insider, Christian Marin. Christian, how was your root canal? Well, it wasn't enjoyable. I heard a lot less than I expected. They had Seinfeld on the entire time in the room. So that was nice. Literally right above the chair. So... I told you, no more, no more fuzzy peaches before bed without brushing the teeth, eh, Christian? <laughs> yeah, no fucking tooth chips. My fucking tooth chips. Shit. How'd you, how'd you chip your tooth? I don't know. I went in. A, it was one of the days when I was flossing the side of it. What fucking part of it chipped off? And she said, yeah, it was likely a cavity that chipped off. And Bloody hell. I had to get a root canal. Those are the fuzzy peaches, bro. I'm telling you. <laughs> Not even eat fuzzy peaches. <laughs> Christian's a sour patch guy. Yeah. Sour patch kids. Yeah. I right. was, yeah, but I haven't had those in a while either. Well, rough. well, Christian, we were just uh, talking deadline. We've we've addressed all things Maple Leafs. We talked about Leafs winning the cup, obviously. Um, <laughs> so, um, I'll throw it to you. Uh, what do you think of this uh, most recent trade deadline? And what do you think of the Habs? Because uh, if you recall, there was a couple bets floated around here. Actually, I collected on you <laughs> and you. Uh, one of which was um, was Montreal picking up a first-round pick in this this most recent draft. How do you think – what teams do you think were the winners? What teams do you think were the losers? And where do you think Montreal fits in all of that? I got to say, I'm shocked Montreal got it first. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I mean, teams will pay whatever for, for that, you know, that deadline day steal. I got to tell you, I looked at that trade and I was like, wow, I really got fleeced by a lot of the people in my fantasy league. And Shiro <laughs> went for a first and I couldn't land a first for any of my guys. Um, but I think Colorado made some nice moves. Like some, like Manson wasn't expect. First off, when they landed, Manson was not expecting Colorado to be in the running for him. Um, I legitimately thought that Toronto could make a move for him. Picking up Giordano kind of shocked me for the Leafs. Um, not, not entirely, though, because it is kind of a Leafs move, and 
what we kind of grew up uh, watching with the team and grabbing like the veteran guys type of thing. Not the worst addition in Giordano, but I thought maybe they would add a guy like a, like a Manson or a Shikrin who didn't even get moved. Um, I think Colorado was, was a winner there. Um, I was kind of shocked that Minnesota gave up Kakinen, but to get in flurry, I mean, go all in right now with, with kind of how they are with what they got right now. So that was kind of a win for me too, but I don't know what Kakinen's going to be. He looked, he looked, decent in spurts with the wild. So, um, and Talbot, you know, he's, he's older too. Right. So I think Colorado, Colorado was the winner. Florida adding Giroux right before was huge. Um, I don't mind the Leafs moves at all. I thought they could have made some better moves, but they're at least they made some moves and they didn't just sit tight and hold with what they've got. Um, and Giordano makes the Leafs uh, not only the most players, from Ontario on any roster in the NHL, but also the most Italians on any roster. <laughs> and I can't, I can't hate on that. Bravo. I can't hate on that. Even Lupa doesn't hate on that. <laughs> I can't. Even went to, he, Giordano, he, he graduated from my high or went to my high school before leaving for the O, but it's like, uh, how can you hate on all the Italians? Of course he did, yeah. Lupa. Hey. You know how it is. Angelo's <laughs> thinking about trading jerseys. As soon as he saw that the Leafs called up Nick Abruzzese, he was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, well, well, that's our TSM bar down insider. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry, guys, it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know who I was shocked didn't get moved is your boy John Klingberg, eh? I'm not – I, that was my insider information, remember? I said, Klingberg's not going anywhere. If, they, if he is going anywhere, he's leaving for free at the end of the season because right. that doesn't roll that way. Do you think, do you think they're going to try and re-sign him? Because he's kind of having a bit of a couple of down years after being an all-star. Yeah, like, especially like the way their system kind of changed on him, where he went from being like that guy on defense and like the offensive guy from the back end and then kind of losing that a bit and – having to play more defensive, which isn't really his way to go type of thing. I, I think they're going to try to resign him. It depends what he wants. Like I personally would give him maybe like just over seven because he's going to want something high, but I wouldn't pay him more than Heiskanen at this point. Dude, he's going to want Heiskanen's nine million, going, won't he? And, and that's the thing. That's, I think, the worry for the Stars. If he does want nine million, then there's no way I see I see them resigning him. I think if he, if – they get something to work, even like a one or two year deal type of thing in like the seven two range, seven three type of thing. I can I can live with that having those two, but you can't have twenty million dollars tied up in two defensemen. Right. And if it's two defensemen and like nothing against Heisken and Klingberg, because I love both those guys, but if you're gonna have twenty million tied up in two defensemen, it's gotta be like Yossi and yeah. like Fox or somebody, you know yeah. what I mean? Like a perennial Norris candidate. Although mm-hmm. Heiskanen might be there one day and Lindell's pretty fucking good too. And maybe that's part of the reason that he's kinda of had a drop off is now he's kind of third string. Yeah, like Lind- a Lindell plays a lot of like he's he's the aggressor too, rather right? like he plays like the penalty kill for them too and you know, he's out there throwing the body, blocking the shots and that's their system, right? It's like everyone's got to buy in on defense with them, like the forwards too. It's like all their offense comes from like the same three guys, but then everyone, it's it's that defensive system. Even when we saw when they went on that little run uh, to the cup, when even I was a little shocked by it, but it was literally just as long as you can get one or two goals and play defense the rest, that was their style. And I, I like their, their, their addition, um, the little – even though they have nine goalies now, what it seems like, I like I that little move for Dallas because – 
Hudobin is not what he was for that run and Bishop's done. Um, and Ottinger is the man and, and Holpe. I was still shocked when they signed Holpe to begin with and they're going with that little trio there. And that's just pure Dallas right there focusing on the back end and defense. So, Man, I'm waiting for Roman Turk to show up, man. It's fucking unbelievable. If they didn't make that, that deadline deal with the Coyotes, I heard Turk was the next person they were eyeing down. <laughs> you, you, Christian, do you think Dallas is going to hold on to that, you know, last wild card spot? Because, you know, they're sitting in it. They're, they're up on Vegas, surprisingly, uh, after Vegas kind of has pushed all their chips really into the middle with everything going on. And, you know, they have three games in hand, and they seem to have, you know, won a bunch of games here the last, you know, two and a half weeks or so. Like, you know, they beat Montreal, they beat uh, Edmonton and Washington and, you know, Carolina as well. Do you see them holding on to that final spot, you know, with the three games in hand that they, they do currently have? I think so. Like, so out of all of them, Winnipeg getting hit with, with Kyle Connor getting hit with COVID is, mm-hmm. is brutal for them at this time for them. And Vegas, like if Vegas was fully healthy all year, they yeah. wouldn't be where they are. They would be at the top. Like that team is too stacked to be where they are, but nothing goes right for them. One guy comes back, two guys hit the IR. One guy gets traded. He gets traded right back because no one had his, his movement clause anywhere in the office like it's <laughs> You're been a, telling a me I've got, I've got like my fantasy team like i went all in on vegas i had leonard smith uh patcheretti i still have eichel i still have like it's like one thing eichel came back after the big surgery and patcheretti's now have been sitting on the ir like they've mm-hmm. been, they've been they've had a lot of bad luck and they almost almost makes you wonder if their luck has run out a little bit, right? Because they they're <laughs> circumventing the system, you know. Yeah, and, um, and like yeah, like, they all all their guys keep hitting hitting the IR, and uh, like the Dallas game in hand is what makes me feel confident, and the fact that they have a lot more home games than than road games, because Dallas is a much better home team than they are a road team, and the fact that they have a lot more home teams to or home games, excuse me, to like bank on the rest of this little stretch here with the games in hand, take advantage of those, and I feel confident in them holding on to one of the wild card spots and possibly even, you know, sneaking up depending how the other teams do. But um, I feel confident with them mainly because the game's in hand and Vegas is so beat up, but just completely shocked that Vegas is even in this running. Like they started the season as probably one of the top four, three favorites to win the cup. And now their odds are against them to even make the playoffs, which is just wild. Yeah. I mean- I mean, even like uh, the other team too to consider here is St. Louis. I know you had Billy Huso. Uh, they've been sputtering. They're four, four and two in their last ten. And uh, I, something's weird there in St. Louis. Like I don't know if this Bennington Huso kind of situation is creeping up on them a bit. But what, what are you shaking your head at, Ange? Because I, <laughs> I have both. <laughs> <laughs> I traded for who's I thank you thank you Christian for who's by the way I appreciate it um, yeah me and you were the down to the wire yeah. right after we finished recording we we're in a bidding war Christian's like oh Angelo's offering me a first or a second I'm like holy fuck keep him Angelo he sucks <laughs> see I think I think Huso is like I wouldn't have much faith in St. Louis if it was Bennington and like a mediocre backup goalie because Bennington I don't trust as you know the guy to to make that run again with for them and how he is and not the most uh 
not the most calm guy when when the pressure seems to get to him even though he's he's made it clear he's not he's not uh nervous but um <laughs> i think i think huso is is like a, a key key piece to that i think he's going to take over i think he's really solid and they got a lot of good young guys in st louis like i think st louis I think that they're even they have the same amount of games played as the as the stars, which is very key for them too. Because I think they're even kind of underestimated a bit, um, just with like the key like they have that core that won the cup already in Shen and O'Reilly and Teres and Tarasenko. But then you also have like those like really sick young guys like Kairou and Thomas, and their defense is like Krug going down is a little bit of a a hurt for them. But they got some solid defense, and then. I'm not big on the Letty acquisition because he's kind of done, I feel, but you can slide him down in your in your defense core and kind of make a little sneak. But the West is so like even LA being up there, just going on that run, like it's just so anyone it's like anyone's year this year, yeah. it feels like out of the West. It's weird because the East is almost like you could almost start penciling in well, we know pretty much who the eight teams are gonna be. Mm-hmm. And out west you still have Vancouver can make a push anaheim could make a push so it's really up in the air but mm-hmm. uh christian before we let you go i have a question for you would you be able to show us uh this graphic you have behind you the pasta italiana i'm wondering yeah. if you picked that up from uh, our sponsor the rose uh bakery and fine italian goods well look okay, at what that. do we have here look, look, what do we have walk us through the pasta options <laughs> so many <laughs> Wow. This is gonna go up in the kitchen. I just gotta put it up. Where did you find that, man? I found this online. I legit found a. I'll, I'll look in my my email, see if I can find the receipt. I'll send you the website. I gotta start going there, man. That online people talk a lot. About it. <laughs> literally, literally just typed in pasta art and then just looked at the at all the options and found this. Nice. Well, nice. Christian, okay. Christian has a. You have a a pasta tattoo, do you not? Right here. The spaghetti on the fork. <laughs> oh, the forchetta. Okay, buddy. I, you got a lot of tattoos. In total, how many tattoos does Christian Marin have? Uh, 19, I think it is. I, I literally just counted this the other day. Now, Christian, so, is that um, more or less? More. <laughs> is that more or less than the amount of wins the Canadians have this season? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've beaten the we've beaten the Leafs twice. That's all I care about. I'm happy. Ah, uh, <laughs> Right on. Well, thanks for joining us, Christian. And uh, as always, uh, keep us surprised if you have any uh, more uh, late breaking, you know, uh, insider info. Will do. I just found out that I saw some trades go through yesterday. Blew my mind. I thought the trade deadline was weeks ago, boys. <laughs> Something new going on here. What? I saw some two two minor trades happen that went through yesterday. I think it was in the NHL. Yeah, you could still trade, but they're not valid till next season or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I didn't know who these guys were, so I'm guessing they might just be uh, a lot of a right, lot of who, rights, maybe a lot of who's going through the bar down uh, office there. It's like who got traded? Who's this? Who? Look at all these owls! Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. Pleasure as uh, always. Thanks, Christian. Take See care, Christian. Christian. Yeah. All right, now it is time for Quick Shifts, the part of the show where we focus on other things than hockey. And uh, we've had some big things happen in the world of soccer. 
Uh, and we will start with the winners because losers don't deserve to go first. Uh, and that is the Canadian men's national team qualifying for the World Cup for the first time in our lifetime, at least. Hey, uh, and uh, since 1986. And uh, I think we got a we got a preview of the uh, of their group or what their pot, potential pod that they're going to be in. And uh, boys, how are we feeling about Canada? Their chances now, you know, I think tomorrow is their final kind of, you know, qualifier game, just kind of a, you know, exhibition to go through it. But uh, how are we feeling about Canada, you know, securing their first berth in the World Cup, it being, you know, not too far away. Um, what, I guess December it's going to take place in Qatar. Uh, how are we feeling about it, boys? Well, Angelo, I'm currently watching their final qualifier mm-hmm. right now, so it's not tomorrow. It's tomorrow. sorry, for, I don't and, know. What day uh, sometimes, man, one just one point I think secures uh, first place, which mm-hmm. yeah puts them in pod three, I think. So uh, it's exciting. It's mm-hmm. um, it's pretty exciting. Like I, I'm excited for the the draws on Friday to see the groups of the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited, and who knows if they get a bit lucky because corrupt how FIFA is. Qatar is in pod one with the likes of France, Portugal, and England and Brazil. And uh so if if Italy gets a in a Italy Qatar, Italy, you mean Canada. Or sorry, sorry, Canada. If if Canada gets in a group with Qatar, like I, I think they can beat Qatar. So like I don't know. It's it's exciting. I hope uh, I think they'll do well. I think they'll surprise the world. They're a well-organized team, and uh, I'm looking forward to to November. That's for sure. So, are we going to Qatar? Uh, putting the crease podcast road trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do it, man. Doha, buddy. Let's go. I've been there. It's crazy, but uh, yeah, I feel I feel great, man. Like I think, um, especially what they've been able to do without Alfonso Davies to me is really uh, a testament. Yeah to their the culture they've created and to you know a, a brand based on winning you know when they entered the qualifiers going back into September you know I was just hoping for the best like hoping they could sneak in and then you know here we are at the end of the qualifiers expecting to win every game so um I think they're the kings of CONCACAF for a reason um and I just can't wait to see what happens in Qatar. I think John Herdman just seems like an unbelievable human being. You know, what he did with the women's program for so long and now what he's doing with the men's program and establishing a winning culture like that. And then also really cool to see guys like Atiba Hutchinson, guys who've been in the program for so long and contributed to Canada for so long to see what it means to them. Like it was emotional seeing like they were posting online Alfonso Davies doing a speech three years ago he's got braces and he's like 17 in Edmonton talking about how he dreams of one day playing in the world cup. And here we are three years later or four years later. So um, pretty special time. And, and I'm not going to lie. It, it, it really built up the Canadian pride uh, seeing it all go down on Sunday. With that said, nothing I think will top the snowball in Mexico or um, against Mexico and Edmonton. That was the moment where I was like, Holy shit, this team is for real. So yeah. That's kind of where I'm at, Angela. What about you? Uh, it, like you, proud, very proud moment, uh, you know, Canadian soccer fans. You know, we there haven't been a lot to cheer for, and this was kind of that moment. And, you know, the, the I think the defining moment, like you said, was the the snowball there in, uh, 
in Edmonton. And this team, watching them, and depending on how their group, you know, ends up laying out, I think that they can, you know, it was someone brought up Costa Rica from, you know, 2014 in the World Cup where they kind of had a little bit of a group of death with Uruguay and Italy and, and England. And they came out on top in that – they came out undefeated. They, they didn't lose a game in that, you know, having to play England and Italy and Uruguay and everything. So I think come the World Cup, whoever they might draw, I can see them getting out of their group. I can't see it being like such a, a far-fetched thing. Like I think when they – hard to know in, what, what it was like in 1986, but they were not favored at all. Like to, for them to score one goal at was like – I think like 10,001 or something like that. They didn't didn't score a goal. They didn't score a goal. Like it was that high. And, you know, this team, I think that they can make noise in the world cup. You know, I I don't think to be like, I'd say true, like, like a a little bit of a a real contender, I think is going to be maybe in four years down the road. When it's here at home. When where it's here at home. And also when some of these guys like Alfonso Davies are, in their prime as soccer players and moving forward and everything like that. So I, I would, I can't wait for four years because I, I think Canada is going to be qualifying for the world cup for years to come. I think that, you know, we've seen the success now with the national program and hopefully it's a continued success. And uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? The, what it'll generate at the grassroots level yeah. Uh, for soccer and, and people maybe, you know, maybe them having that indecision of mm, do I really want to put my kid in soccer and maybe seeing every this or it interesting a kid that sees it, you know, and be like, hey, you know what, these are, you know, it's, you know, Canada's playing in the World Cup. Okay, I want to go play soccer and who knows, you know, what it drubs up, you know, the talent it might create down the road for Canadian soccer. I, I'm very excited for it. It'll be a, you know, It'll be it'll be come Christmas time. It's going to be fun because you're going to have that and the World Juniors and kind of everything going on. So it'll be very exciting. I ha- uh, oh, sorry to cut you off, Angelo. Yeah. I I think John Herdman maybe the I may be wrong. Maybe the first coach to coach in a women's World Cup and a men's World Cup, the same huh. country. Mm-hmm. Wow! And no he's an Englishman. He's not even <laughs> like born in Canada. He's an Englishman. Yeah, he fell through the cracks in, in English coaching and ended up here and has done wonders. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a couple hot takes quickly. Go ahead, buddy. Things continue as is in terms of development mm-hmm. in each country. Within 10 years, Canada oh, no. will be a better soccer nation than Italy. If, if development continues as is, because the Italian Federation and development is completely fucked and backwards. And Canada's developing a lot of good young players. Honest to God, this is a true fact what I believe. If it continues this way within 10 years, Canada will be a better soccer nation than Italy. And I feel like in five years' time after this World Cup and the next one that will be co-hosted, uh, co-hosted in Canada, soccer may be more popular than hockey is in this country. I could see that happening for sure. I mean, it's already more popular participation-wise. Just because, yeah, the diversity, it's much cheaper to play and with two World Cups now. And, and I feel like for um, a lot of soccer fans in this country, and obviously like myself, you're always watching your um, – that's what I'm looking for – where ancestry's from. So if you're 
Portuguese, you're following the, the Portugal national team for myself or all three of us, the Italians. And now that um, Canada has qualified, like in, like players in our own backyard here, that kind of changes things, right? It's a different excitement. Um, so, yeah, those are my two hot takes. And Well, with that said, and Fratelli d'Italia, d'Italia, Don't break my heart. What happened, man? Your boy fucking Chiro Immobile, man. <laughs> fucking. No, leave Chiro out of it, okay? There's fucking 10 other guys on the pitch. I don't want to talk about this. Oh, honestly, like they. Yeah, Berardi with four fucking for sure goals and can't hit the fucking target once. They put themselves in this spot, man. After the Euros, they thought they were fucking king shit and they, they drew a bunch of games they should have won. And put but they never the lost, playoffs. which is the f- most. Like. Yeah. They just I, won I, the Euro Cup, okay? They lost one game? No games. No one qualifying. They didn't lose at all, no. They didn't lose one game. They just won the Euro Cup, yet they don't qualify for the World Cup. Like, they're still – where are they in the world rankings? Like, four? Six. They're number six in the world rankings. Like, the, the whole system of qualification for the World Cup needs to be completely retooled. Like, I do think if you win – like the the South American Cup, uh, Concacaf, Copa America. Yeah, yeah. Euro. If you if you win those tournaments in that year, you should automatically qualify yeah. for the World Cup. But the fact of the matter is, it's not the process. Italy, all Italy had to do, if you look back, was beat Bulgaria at home in Italy, and they couldn't even fucking do that. Like dur- during the qualifying after the Euros, they yeah. had they had two games against Switzerland in which they had a penalty in each game. They didn't score fucking one of them. Like. So there's just so many things, and and they didn't qualify. It is what it is. I don't want to fucking talk. I'm so fucking sick about it. Angelo, wait, you must, you must feel. You guys must. I'm not as devout. I'm an Italian soccer fan the way you guys are, and especially Michael. Um, you must just be so fucking torn, eh? With like excitement, but anger, like with Canada. Uh, honestly, be, so because it's it's we're further past it now. I'm more excited for Canada. But mm-hmm. I got to be honest. On Sunday, like it was. Nice to see they won, but I couldn't. I could give two fucking shits on Sunday. Italy knocked you right Italy, off. Italy had broke his oh, heart. I was, I was still so bitter. But now, as more time's gone on, I'm more excited, like for the draw on Friday and and this and that. But yeah, last weekend I was fucking <laughs> sulking. What do you think, Ange? Um, you know, this is what happens when guys leave Italy. Uh, Donnarumma leaving AC Milan and deciding you wanted to be the. Is he the highest paid goalie now? Is that yeah. when he signed over with PSG? Yeah. And uh, he gets beat from how far outside the, the box? Oh, don't even like, Come on. Like, yeah. it, at, at the end of the day, this is, you know, the second World Cup in a row for Italy, not not qualifying. And uh, How do you miss two straight World Cups but yeah. you win a – Like, it makes, it, it makes zero sense. Like, zero sense on the Italians' part. And, you know, they're bringing back – you know, they're bringing back everybody again or – you know, mostly everybody, but it's going to be the same. It's going to, what is in, you know, 40 years, it's going to be the same song and dance all over again, where, you know, like they can't even properly qualify for like the, now the, the only way they're going to get into the world cup is because I believe that come when they play, you know, the joint effort with Canada, Mexico, and USA, there are going to be more teams. They're expanding it. They're yeah. expanding it. So that's what now it's really going to be the only way the Italians do make it. They'll get in with North Macedonia and Bulgaria. Yeah. But this crop of young players mm-hmm. 
are good, Italy will win the next the 2026 World Cup. <laughs> Holy fuck, man! What? How would that be for the development of the Canadian program? <laughs> yeah, what about Kyle Laren, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what what do you guys got? I don't want to my my fucking chest hurts again. <laughs> okay, well I have a soccer question for you guys. Okay, so I want to know who is each of your all time favorite soccer player, but is not active. Can't be an active player. Go. I let Mikey go. Mikey's a big Dwayne Dario guy. I already know it. Are we talking about sorry Canadian players or just? In- no. Oh, okay. I, I thought I was gonna say it's gonna be tough for me to answer, man. Yeah. Um, fucking Alessandro Del Piero, man. Yeah. Without a doubt. Juve legend, World Cup winner. Hundred percent. Del Piero was sick, man. Oh man, they don't fucking make him like that anymore. Flippa, who you got? Paolo Maldini. No, buddy. My favorite player still to this day, Gennaro Gattuso. Oh, that's say, mine, bro. You can't fucking hate that. The bulldog. Like, the bull, like, he was a fucking mania. He, like, there are clips of him in, like, exhibition matches now. Like, I think it was, like, Pier- Pirlo's retirement match or whatever it was that he was doing in Italy. And, like, he's going full, like, fucking boots in to make fucking tackles. He well, was. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> Man, I, I was uh, I was reading a interview with Pirlo, and he was saying that. And actually, I was this maybe on the Juve documentary that came out last year, the Amazon one. But Pirlo was saying that when he was playing at AC Milan, when they were playing poorly, they weren't afraid of the manager at halftime. They were scared of fucking Gattuso <laughs> at halftime because he would fucking come in and just lose his mind. And that was a, that was at a time where AC Milan were the best club in Europe for a six year stretch, right? Like they had just stacked top to bottom, but Gattuso would come in and just rip them apart. Taylor, what about you, bud? Oh, man, I got a couple. Like, I love that Dutch team, like the Dutch players from, like, the late 2000s or, like, Ruben and Marion <laughs> Robin, those guys. Yeah. But mine's, uh, if I'm not allowed to say Gattuso, because, uh, I mean, he's my paisan, Um I'm going to go off the board, and I'm going to say Shunsuke Nakamura, Celtic legend, okay? Unbelievable player. Him and Scott Brown, the way they moved that ball around, playing (laughs) against Rangers. Rangers were running out of Ebrox Stadium as fast as they could. Nah, he was great. Nakamura is my answer. You still have your Celtic jersey? I remember you used to have a Celtic shirt. You Fucking greats, I do, man. That's, That's my good. club team, man. I'm an Italian national team supporter, and my club team's Celtic. <laughs> I don't fucking understand that, but all right. Well, no, because uh, my my Italian team plays in Serie B, and they avoided relegation again, Cusenza, uh, the Lupi, the Wolves. Very but, uh, I mean, no one ever wants to talk about Serie B, so fuck it. Well, wait till we fire up our City of B podcast <laughs> <laughs> starting next season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What would it be? Uh, Piedi in the fucking creek in the box. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know what? I don't know if I want to ask this one, but you know what? I might do it anyway. Uh, in the world, do you think there are more doors or wheels? 
No. No, I won't do that. No, I'm kidding. I won't no, that's the dumbest fucking debate <laughs> it's, ever. Heard. But it's wheels. Uh, it's wheels. It's wheels. It's always been wheels. That's so stupid. Let's uh, wrap Quick, I just want to say, uh, as a music lover and fan, uh, devastated by Taylor Hawkins' passing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, R.I.P., man. Fuck. Rest in peace. Uh, tragic. I, I compared it this week to when John Bonham died, and that was the end of Zeppelin. Um, just heart goes out to his family and the band and all music lovers and fans of the band, man. Like, as a music lover, you – you feel like you have a bond with your favorite artist and um, just really shitty. So I just wanted to give him a shout out and uh, music uh, world of music won't be the same. And, uh, and the drum kit won't be the same with him gone. So and big knocks for the, the, us, uh, the members of the Taylor community, you know, we yeah. didn't have many we could be proud of and he was probably right there at the top. So now yeah. we're stuck with fucking Lautner and Hanson the, the chick who sings uh she wears short skirts and i wear t-shirts whatever her fucking name is so yeah r.i.p taylor hawkins he was yeah. the best man a tough one man well anyways boys uh you guys take care of yourselves uh stay safe and uh taylor don't hurt yourself buddy on your little trip yeah be careful and be careful there you know uh i don't know uh, just keep you know just don't keep my head on a swivel. And yeah, keep your head, yeah, keep your head on a swivel, you know. Oh, here we go. You know what I was just thinking as we were wrapping up here? I was like, this has got to be the first episode in about six where we didn't get like a Montreal roads, parking, street update, you hey. know. Buddy, I, was on a, I was on a hockey quest in the last uh, – Last few weeks, I had no time for the. I had no time for the parking. Hockey class, man. That's, that's what it is. I gonna be on one in a couple of weeks anyway. I'm going again to the probably last my last half games of the season when they play on my birthday. So, uh, and thanks to our sponsors, by the way, Larose. We had some Zippoli at the house last yeah, I, weekend. I, I, I saw that, man. Fucking unbelievable. Good. It's not, and you know the play. I'm not gonna say the name of the place in Woodbridge. Like, they're not even on the same planet, man. It's not – they're not even close to the quality. So, get in. Uh, Zeppeli season might be over with St. Joseph State uh, being passed, but get in and see our friends at La Rose Bakery on Brawny Street in Milton. You guys won't be disappointed. Get their pastries and say thanks to Emily when you're in there. Yeah. Well, boys, uh, take care. Mikey, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Taylor, Maybe we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Be safe in Vegas. Be safe in Vegas. Oh, Jesus. All right. Take her easy. Later, boys. Take care.